from the studios of Clean Fuels Alliance America, this is the Better, Cleaner, Now podcast. Authentic conversations with leaders in the biodiesel, renewable diesel, and sustainable aviation fuel industries. Now, here's your host, Scott Tremaine. Welcome. From the 2024 Clean Fuels Conference, this is the Better, Cleaner, Now podcast. Today, Clean Fuels Director of Outreach and Development, Tom Vary sits down with Keith Kerman, Deputy Commissioner at the Department of Citywide Administrative Services and New York City's first Chief Fleet Officer. Thank you, Scott. As we record this from the 2024 Clean Fuels Conference, I'm joined by Keith Kerman. Thanks for sitting down with us, Keith. Thank you, Scott uh, and Tom. Great to be here. We appreciate it. I know you're, as the uh, chief fleet officer of the largest municipal fleet in the country, we know you're very busy. So thank you for making time for joining us here at the conference. So I just want to, why don't you explain to our listeners who you are and, and, and a little more about your fleet. Sure. I'm Keith Kerman, and the, like you said, the chief fleet officer for the city of New York and a deputy commissioner at the Department of Citywide Administrative Services, what we call DCAS. It's really the general services department for the city of New York. On behalf of Mayor Eric Adams and our commissioner, Don Pinnock, thank you for having us here and doing this podcast with us. Um, so New York City operates the largest municipal fleet in the United States. Uh, there are vehicles that everybody in the U.S. knows. It's the New York City Police Department, the Fire Department, the Department of Sanitation, 50 agencies in total, um, over 28,000 vehicles. And then you can add 10,000 school buses to that, the largest school bus program in the United States. Um, so we've got a big fleet, and uh, it's a very complicated operation every day and an emergency um, services operation. But we're trying to do uh, to run that fleet in the most sustainable way possible. And that's what brings us to your conference and has been part of our long relationship uh, with the Clean Fuels Alliance America. And uh, Keith, that's that's uh, real exciting. What You've been a real pioneer and a, and a, and a leader in uh, bringing the vision to, uh, to our country uh, on, on using biodiesel, renewable diesel as a low carbon fuel. Do you, do you want to tell us where you're at right now with your, your fuel mix? Well, right now, Mayor Adams announced in November that we were the first East Coast um, organization, um, probably the first east of the Rocky Mountains, to be honest, to um, go to all renewable diesel for our fleet. So we use about 15 to 16 million gallons a year of diesel fuel, about 60% of all the fuel we use. Um, and, you know, the 1 million gallons up and down depends on, you know, if you're having big storm, a year with emergencies, with big winter storms. Um, and so we are moving all of that on-road and off-road, emergency and non-emergency, um, to renewable diesel, actually um, 95% renewable diesel with a 5% biodiesel blend. Um, so for operating, we're, we're mix, doing a little bit of a mix for a better operating fuel. And uh, where we are right now is um, almost every agency is completely done. And so for just one example, the Department of Sanitation, the largest public works agency in the United States, straight up, is completely using renewable diesel and has been since September. Um, and I might add, we are in the winter in New York. And so we are the first, um, it is my understanding, the first large-scale user of the Arctic blend, of the winter blend of renewable diesel um, in the U.S. And so far, so good. Uh, you know, we've had one cold week, um, not too cold, but, you know, really no operating issues whatsoever. 
Um, Mayor Adams announced that we would complete the fleet program for renewable diesel by June 30th. Really, just fire and police are the two agencies that haven't completed it yet. They're both in progress. Um, We'll probably beat that June 30th mark. And then we will have uh, no fossil fuel running in our city fleet at all. It'll be all um, biofuels, and we're very excited about that. Well, that, that's so exciting and, and amazing, and uh, we appreciate what you're doing. And, and just to remind your, our listeners that, uh, that, that in, in New York City, your sanitation fleet is your snow, mostly your snow removal fleet. So it's, it's, it's mission critical uh, that, that that's equipment, when it has to go, it has to go. Yeah, well, absolutely, right? So we are one of very few organizations. I think Chicago does a little of it too. Um, but we plow with our garbage trucks. Uh, 2,300 strong, and there are 3,000 total trucks when you add in salt spreaders and other um, smaller kind of plowing trucks, but 3,000 units that are out there plowing, and all of them are operating on a renewable diesel. But that's, you know, an emergency services fleet, and one of the most critical, you know, a snowstorm in the biggest city in America can shut down that city if our sanitation department isn't moving that snow quickly, and, and they do an incredible job, and now they're doing that with all biofuel in their tanks. Wow, that, that yeah, as a... Been around biodiesel, renewable diesel now for 30 years. So for me to see the city of New York and what you've done, Keith, is so exciting. And we are so appreciative uh, of what you're doing. So, you know, it, it's so exciting what you're doing. But tell us how you got here. Where, where did it start? I mean, I remember I was working early days and we heard, what, New York City's using B100 in parks? What? So... Tell us, tell us how that happened. Okay, so I'll go back to my own history. I'm, I'm not a fleet guy. Well, now I'm a fleet guy, right? So I'm, I'm running one of the largest fleets out there. But originally, I was really a parks, uh, a parks character. Um, so I started in the New York City Parks Department in the mid-90s. Uh, and I spent most of my time in the New York City Parks Department as the chief and then assistant commissioner of citywide operations, um, working from the arsenal in Central Park. So everyone knows where the Central Park Zoo is. We're that great, historical, awesome building right in front of the zoo. And that was my home base for 17 years. I, I'd be lying if I told you I didn't miss it a little bit. Um, incredible place to work in a wonderful agency. And our mission, so the Parks Department had over 2,000 vehicles. But our mission was green, right? Nobody comes to a park or a playground or a beach to see the, the municipal trucks, right? They don't want those municipal trucks anywhere around. So, you know, the, obviously we need the fleet to maintain the parks, to, to clean the parks, to take care of the beaches, to, to take care of the trees. But we wanted to do that in the most sustainable way possible. Um, and so we pushed on all fronts, on the electric front, the hybrid front, and the biofuel front. And it was actually one of my former commissioners, Adrian Benepe, um, who went to Middlebury College, his alma mater. And a bunch of students talked to him and said, have you ever heard of biodiesel? I didn't know that part. Yeah, that's actually the, uh, the story. And I reminded him of this a little recently. He's now the president of the Brooklyn Botanical Garden. And I reminded him of his own role in, in, in our biodiesel. And so those students talked him up and said, if you, you should be trying biodiesel, it would be Is great for the parks. Right? He came back, asked me, hey, do we know anything about biodiesel? I said, I, mean, I knew about it. I, I grew up in a farm. I, 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 I can talk some of this talk. Um, but I said, we weren't using it yet. And, you know, the DCAS, my new agency, had not yet, you know, put out a contract or done anything. So he encouraged me to, to look into it. 
we got a donation in 2005. We got a donation of B100, and we used it in a series of garbage trucks over the summer in Staten Island to maintain yep. Staten Island parks. Yep. And that was Staten our Island. launch. We actually launched it at the very top, B100. This was a little bit before all the underground storage tank regulations had changed, and we could kind of kind of just do this test. And it worked. You know, it smelled like French fries was the only thing. Yeah, you know, it's a funny smell, but the <laughs> fuel works great. And yeah. a lot of our supervisor mechanics and mechanics thought the vehicles were probably operating better on it. These older trucks, these older Mack trucks were probably operating better on it. That began our biodiesel experience. So, and we let it out of the parks. We then went to B5 up to B20. We did heating oil B5 up to B20 in the parks. And then in 2011, Mayor Bloomberg appointed me to my current role as the city's chief fleet officer, its first chief fleet officer, and we brought that program citywide. Can, can, I, can I stop you for a second? Can I kind of put our, some context in here? So in 2005, you started B1, B, Biodiesel in the Park Fleet. That's correct. And so our total market nationwide in 2010 was 200 million gallons. So I'm thinking 2005. Our charts don't go back that far. It does. I, we don't have them right here, but probably maybe 50 million gallons entire country. And the most of that was in the Midwest. And here you guys just, you know, being New York City said, we, we got this and, and ran with it. And here you are. So I just want to put some context. Sure. And all, all the parks trucks and then sanitation was the next big agency. And they're an enormous fuel user. Um, they came on right after parks. And, you know, we were up very quickly to B20. We did B20 in the winter as well. Um, and then under Mayor Bloomberg, it was legislated. So we had a legislative effort in 2013 that required biodiesel in the city fleet. B20 in the warm weather months, B5 um, in the winter. Um, there was exemptions for emergency services, but I will tell you that our police, our Department of Correction, and our fire department all actually voluntarily and independently worked with us and implemented it. And today, biofuels are in all our emergency services vehicles. Um, it was also done in heating oil, and that was the year in 2013 when the municipal buildings, all the city government operation buildings, had to go to B5 on the heating oil with a path. At that time, it was a path 2035 to B20. Now it's actually a more aggressive path because New York State, for state, the whole government, all government buildings, but all private buildings too, there's now a path to B5 is the law in the state today. And that will go to B20 by 2030. And that's all public and private buildings. Um, there's B5 in every public and private building in the, in the state of New York today. And the city led the way there. Uh, I will tell you that you know, my agency, DCAS, and, and the fleet unit has adopted the heating oil program. And we're using B10 in our municipal buildings now. So we always want to be ahead of the curve. B5 is the state yep. law and yep. the city law. We're at B10. Once everybody's at B10, we'll try and get to B20 first. Um, and uh, just to give you a reference point, in the last 11 years, we've used, in city government operations alone, 450 million blended gallons with biodiesel. Fantastic. Right? So, you know, if you got a bigger, op if you got a bigger customer and client out there, let me know who they are. 
Uh, I don't think so. And I, I know we don't have a more influential customer out there because it's not, you're one of the largest municipal fleets in the, in not just the country, but the world. And I, I know, and you've been kind enough to work with this from the beginning. You, you're a biodiesel ambassador. You've won uh, one of our I awards in the past, very deservedly. And, uh, and so you've been willing to go speak to other, other conferences and, and visit with other major fleets, uh, not just in the country, but I also think you, you you end up going over to Europe, making, you know, they've invited you to talk about your decarbonization programs and, and you always deliver the message that we can be, our fuels are a part of it. Yeah, well, we have a really great relationship with the City of London and we do a regular program with them and our, our next um, big forum is coming up in April. And we also have a, a real longstanding relationship with um, Quebec in Canada That's and right. the City of Montreal. I, I um, you know, one of the exciting projects of my agency, DCAS, is that we have signed an agreement with Hydro-Quebec in all the power for city government operations. The electric power is going to be coming from Hydro-Quebec, um, so clean power yeah, as right. well. And, you know, we're pushing all fronts, um, but, you know, really longstanding relationships on the fleet side and also on the clean power side um, with, uh, with London and with Quebec and, and pushing this issue, you know, far and wide. That that is uh, you're you're always pushing the envelope and uh, and being a leader we appreciate that and you know I, I I've seen it firsthand with uh, when what you do other fleets in this country uh, look at and I know one of your uh, one of your assistants from at Parks uh, Mahant Joyzy is now the fleet manager at the city of Madison. And so what he learned from you and, and Parks, he was brought to the city of Madison. Now they're they're doing biodiesel B100 and doing everything you're doing. And see, it's just another example of what, you know, uh, as what they do in New York, it's like throwing a, a you know, I, I, I tell our farmers, it's like throwing a, a pebble in the pond. There's lots of ripples. Yeah. So Mahanth is fantastic. And of course, we'll be speaking later today um, at the conference. Oh, yeah. And so, you know, New York is a unique entity. I'll be the first to say it. Right? We're a big fleet. We're, fle we're a town fleet that's a one billion plus operation with uh, 2000 employees and 80,000 drivers. Right. You don't find too many of those. Um, but what Mahan's doing is he's gone out to the Midwest in a kind of regular sized, you know, um, municipal fleet. And he's showing that the same program of efficiencies on biofuels, on electric and on hybrids and, you know, also our Vision Zero and safety programs that they can apply anywhere. And, and that's incredibly important. Right. You know, we want to do great stuff in New York City. We also want to be a model for what can be done across the country. And um, I will certainly tell you that our renewable diesel announcement has gotten extraordinary interest. And so many organizations have come to us, big fleets, both um, public and private. And, you know, many of them ask, can we use your contract? And, you know, we can't always do that. But they all want to go the path we went and, and start using renewable diesel. So enormous interest. And, and that's very positive. Yeah, I think that you're understating the interest of renewable diesel that that the East Coast has because of what you're you've done. Everybody wants it, uh, but it's only been available on the West Coast because of low carbon fuel standards. Uh, but you crack that code, you're bringing them into uh, New York Harbor, New York and the Northeast. And I, I see a lot of interest. And uh, so, you know, again, uh, another example of uh, you kind of breaking trail for us in, in, in that, that region yeah, of the country on, it, on that fuel. And it was a very challenging project. I've worked in government now. I'm in my 30th year. I've been doing government contracting from the very beginning. And, it, and it's hard to bring a product 
into use that doesn't exist in your part of the country. So this was a very prolonged and challenging contracting process. You know, on a low carbon fuel standard for New York, and there is a legislative effort underway to try and bring that to bear. New Jersey just announced a similar effort. You know, could have real importance in growing a market, right? We can't be decast. My agency is a great agency, but it can't be the only player in renewable right. diesel forever, right? right? We need all these other fleets to be able to buy renewable diesel. We want to have a lot of vendors to choose from. We want to have competitive pricing. We want to have reliable supply. So we're going to need to see that market grow. You're listening to the Better Cleaner Now podcast. I'm Tom Vary, and we're speaking with our guest, Keith Kerman. At the break, we were talking about renewable diesel coming into New York and the Northeast, and uh, that's generated a lot of interest. So, and where are you going from here? Well, you know, first we're going to finish up the fleet. So Mayor Adams announced that the whole fleet would be done by June 30th. Um, And, you know, one thing that's very exciting, in, in 2015, we announced that we would achieve 50% greenhouse gas reduction by 2025, right? During the, the Paris Climate Accords, we said, all right, we have one of the big fleets out there. We all know transportation is one of the real thorny sectors in terms of emissions, especially on the trucking and specialized equipment side. So we announced 50 by 25. And we were going to do that through three strategies, electrify everything we can as soon as we can. I'm very proud to say, although it's not, you know, the topic of this conference, that we are the largest electric vehicle fleet in New York State, uh, approaching our 5,000th electric vehicle. And that's a big part of what we're doing. Um, Strategy two is hybrids and efficiencies. Under Mayor Adams, we began his administration by reducing the size of the city fleet using our telematics program to better study and analyze the fleet. We cut the fleet about 4%, right? The cleanest vehicle is one you don't operate. Um, and, and that efficiency was hugely important, not just in having a more, a better managed fleet, but it helped um, with some of the price increments. It's, it's actually how we funded some of the electric and okay. biofuel programs through efficiencies, you know, through essentially self-funding through efficiencies. These investments, you know, electric vehicles are more costly up front. You can make it up later. Renewable diesel, and at least until we get a low carbon fuel standard in the Northeast, we're paying a small increment. So we use those efficiencies um, to help fund these programs. And then the third big initiative, right? So we electrify, we do efficiencies, including hybrids. We still operate nearly 5,000 hybrid vehicles, right? And then biofuels. And one of the very exciting things is as we get more into the summer and as we close up on renewable diesel for the fleet, we should be at 50 by 25. So a scale organization announces one of these big climate goals and then achieves it probably early. About a year early. I remember, I remember a long time ago, you were, I was thanking you for using B20 and you were looking at me, it's like, well, I want to B20 is just a start, man. We want to go B100, R100. We want to go 100%. Replace it all, right? Yeah, it's like I kind of looked at you. Okay. A limitation. How are you going to do that? And here you are. A limitation on your biodiesel. We've had a tremendous relationship with biodiesel and with the Soybean Council and with all of you. But, you know, there is a limitation. Biodiesel is generally used in blends of B5 up to B20, right? So then it begs the question, what about the other 80% of the fuel? We wanted to switch it all out. We wanted to get out of the fossil side altogether. And renewable diesel has helped us do that. And I might add, we're using right now renewable diesel 95 
five with biodiesel five. Yep. And honestly, we are open to potentially as we go down this further this down the road, we may go to even an RD eighty B twenty. We think there's a strong argument to that. There's some logistical issues about that for us. You know, we are in the very early stages of this. We don't have a lot of suppliers, and you are still the only game. Right. You know, we're the only game in town on renewable diesel right now. And when I say town, I mean the entire East Coast of the United yeah. States. Yeah. Um, but but that's been very exciting and helping us achieve this environmental goal. I know in California, diesel now is the majority of it's a combination of 80% renewable, 20% bio. It's kind of like default. If most of the blenders or distributors you call up, you want diesel, that's what you're going to get unless you say, I want carb diesel specifically. So, and I think you're you're putting the East Coast on that same track. Yeah, it makes total sense. We're at, we're at ninety five five right now, um, but you know we again are, we're this is a very early adoption. We just started in September, um, you know, and we only have limited suppliers right now. So as we go da- further down, I think there's going to be a strong argument to do RD eighty B twenty. I think that. Um, we, we've heard that that's probably the best in terms of the operating of the vehicles. Um, and so we're you know, very open to that. Um, and I will say, you know, you asked, where do we go from here? So as we complete this very exciting rollout of RD for fleet and off-road equipment, we want to look at two other sectors. And, you know, right now we're in that exploratory stage, but, you know, the potential to use RD for vessels for our for our marine fleet and we know that's done um out in california so we're very interested in that and then you know more unique to us right so you know california is clearly the biggest transportation um fuel market in the country maybe the world who knows but we're the biggest heating oil market absolutely and so the potential to go to a full biofuel switch out that could be rd renewable diesel that could be b100 that could be a blend but we now want to look at you know we're up to b10 in government operations for biodiesel 10 for heating oil and we're going to move up to b20 by 2030 but we want to look at we want to work with the clean fuels alliance america we want to work with nora and others, yep. we want to look at that. How could we do the same thing we did in fleet, but with heating oil? And I think there are some technical issues. We got to talk to equipment manufacturers. Yeah. You know, we know the we know the fleet. We know the Cummins and the Max of the world a little better than we do the burner manufacturers. Yeah. But it's but, time to get to know them. But yeah, the Beckett Beckett burners. They there's ninety percent of the burners out there are made by Beckett, and they were they were not open to bioheat. But when you guys started pushing bioheat into your your buildings, uh, that really helped them get to whether now they're supporting B100 in their oil burners. I mean, we had all the data in the world until like the real world, the market, their customers like yourself come here, they really wanted to do this. Um, uh, I think it made a big difference in the heating oil, home heating oil approvals for the home heat uh, manufacturers. Yeah, and, and, you know, even in fleet, it was a process, right? We worked closely with the, the federal EPA on the underground storage tanks. We worked closely with our state Department of Environmental Con- um, Conservation on the, the storage tanks and on the environmental approvals. Extraordinarily closely with the New York City Fire Department that ultimately has to sign off whenever you change a fuel or use a fuel in New York City. You know, the fire department has to be comfortable with it and, and, and feel that you've, you've yep. done your due diligence. So we're beginning 
beginning, and that was a long, very productive process. We, in fact, did a demonstration project in 2018. We used 1 million gallons of RD and, you know, did publish a report on that. So that's really where we are now in the heating oil side. We want to begin that same process and and we want to, you know, shoot for the moon. We want to look at the potential, you know, at least until we can electrify, right? If we can get to electrification on vehicles, zero emission is always the best. If we can get to electrification on buildings as we do that, zero emission is always the best. But it's going to take a long time to, to do that. We know in the fleet side, there are not electric options for a lot of equipment. We, we want to push electric everywhere we can. We do not see this as an either or. Sure. And we don't see, we don't want the biofuel community competing with the electrification community, right? We want them working together to get us out of fossil fuels, to get us out of dirty fuels. Yes. And, you know, if someday, if, if 20 years from now, the whole country's on either biofuel or electric, then that's great. I'll take my, I'll take my city pension. I'll go, I'll go <laughs> retire and hang out. And then, then, you know, the two industries can, can fight and see who will be the, the clean fuel of, of, of last resort. I don't think it'll happen that way. I think there's an enormous opportunity for both industries to come in with cleaner fuels, better options. And frankly, you know, it's going to be many, many years of supplanting fossil fuel before we have to worry about longer standing, long term kind of issues like that. So we, we want to see both industries pushing as hard as possible. But we want to see, you know, this industry move together with the electrification industry and also still hybrids and other efficiencies, design efficiencies, right? You got to push every way you can push viably. Um, and, and we're trying to do that. And now what we've done in the fleet side, you know, we're, we're going to meet our 50 by 25 commitments. We want to really look at the building side and the heating oil side as well as the vessel side. Well, congratulations on meeting the 25 by 50. Well, we haven't, by we haven't announced, I'm sorry, it. We haven't announced it yet, no, but you're, 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 we haven't gotten there yet. We're, right. We're, right. We are right on, okay. we're right on track. Um, well, you know, thanks to you, we we've d have developed a relationship with you know, the, the world famous FDNY, and so we got to know some of them, especially the the uh, the, the firehouse up in Harlem, uh, Engine Fifty Nine, Ladder Thirty, and so it's so much fun to talk to those guys because they have a they have a, they have a biodiesel pump inside their house, inside their firehouse, B Ten, and I first walked in, I saw that, I said, oh, thank you, Keith. So it is so cool to to see that. So thank you for so many things, and also uh, you have a commitment to domestic fuel domestic feedstocks well is that right keith on on your renewable diesel uh yeah so right now all our renewable diesel is coming from used cooking oil or from waste animal fats right all waste products uh -huh. right you know, I, you know we could have a debate about you know how we all eat but uh, until we all change our dietary habits these are all waste products they're going to either be landfilled they're going to dump and go into sewers so we're using them for fuel very positive we've also had a long relationship using soybean oil um, not the bean but the oil um, we don't use palm oil and we don't want to be part of a palm conversation. So that's a feedstock that was explicitly restricted in our contract. And so if you, our contracts are public record, and if you, you know, saw our solicitation, the feedstocks were outlined. We wanted yeah. California carb pathway feedstocks, excluding palm. Fantastic. We thank you for your support of the domestic feedstock producers. So, so you know, there's a million restaurants in New York City. 
all that oil, all that used cooking oil goes, most of it comes in to our industry for renewable diesel or biodiesel production, which is fantastic. And you mentioned soybean oil. So can I, can I ask you about, you know, I'm the guy that brings the farmers every year in December to see you at New York City, and you always are so kind to uh, make time for them. So I want to thank you for that. But you want to talk to, it's, you know, it's kind of surprising. I bring them to New York City, and they're talking to the fleet mayor in New York City, and it's like, well, I'm a farm kid too. And they're like, what? So uh, well, talk about I, our I, little uh, I, annual trip there. I grew up in Methuen, Massachusetts, in, in a large family. And at the top of the street, I grew up in a ranch house. We got kind of the bottom of Tyler Street, and the top of the street was my family's farm. Um, we always called them my uncles and aunts, but I think they were technically my cousins. Um, and I... <laughs> You know, as a kid in the summers, I pick, I got up at 5 a.m., put on the big rain jacket, and picked corn. Get out there, you know. Um, and, you know, carried those big heavy metal pipes. They were way too heavy for a kid my size back then. Um, and then, you know, picked corn in the morning. And, and now, you know, I have children. They're growing up in New York. And I say, wow, that was a very different experience. Yeah. It seemed normal because, you know, when you're a kid, you do whatever is there. But now I really appreciate that experience. And I love having the farmers um, come into the city. Uh, first off, just appreciate the city, see the city, right? We all see all this stuff on TV or this, that about New York City, and it's all like make-believe stuff, right? I've lived in New York City 30 years. It's the greatest city on this earth, and all the all your farmers from all these wonderful Midwest states come, and they're all telling me what a great time they've oh, had in yeah. New York, and they New- love it, and it's awesome. There's and, no place else like it, New York City Christmas time. It's and, amazing. And it's just tremendous. And what an interesting, and I still think it's not a story told enough, right? You know, so these biofuels are mostly made in Midwest and farm states. And who are your biggest customers? You. The two coasts. That's right. right? New York and California right. out on the coast, right? And so, you know, what a partnership, right? So it's farmers and firefighters, right, working together. And it defies our politics, right? In, in, our, pol- in our politics, we're all enemies and can't talk to each yes. other. Well, and it's all nonsense, yep. right? You know, our society isn't broken. Our politics is, yes. but our society isn't. And these are stories we don't tell enough. The tremendous partnership between all the, the, the farm states and all the coastal states really trying to get domestic, cleaner, um, sustainable fuels. And it's a great story and, and something we should we should promote Absolutely, more. Absolutely, Keith. Our farmers coming out from the Midwest and, uh, you know, they, they love talking to you and, and the people in New York on the East Coast. You all seem to love, to, I mean, they all get along great. We all get along great. It's like you said, it's really the politics is the problem. It's not the people. So, uh, you know, we bring farmers there every year because, uh, you know, there's lots of work still need to be done on technical work, regulatory work, sustainability work. And most of that's being paid for, at least in the clean fuel space, uh, by the soybean farmers and they're through their checkoff. So, you know, they, they originated, they started the commercialization of the, of the fuel a long time ago, biodiesel, back in the early 90s. And now the, nobody ever dreamed we'd be at this day. Nobody even dreamed, you know, New York. I mean, that, that was like. New York City is using biodiesel. I'm like, and that was a time when we knew, everybody knew everybody in biodiesel. And you guys came out of, you know, like a comet across the sky. It's like, it, I can't tell you how much of a, you know, what, what a boost it was for us. So thank you so and much. And what a growth opportunity, yeah. right? So look, you got, you know, all, we're, we're just one fleet. You got all kinds of trucking fleets out in the Northeast yep. in, in the potential. Plus heating oil, a huge heating oil market. The opportunity to replace fossil fuels, to come in with cleaner, domestic, renewable fuels. I mean, you know, you've, you've, the industry has grown tremendously. And really from 20 years, from, you know, a 
20 years is just kind of an idea to, to where you are now. And frankly, the sky's the limit for this industry. Fantastic. I, I, I you know, I've known you, I don't know how many, long, 15 years. Yeah, about that. You've, 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 uh, you've, uh, <laughs> you've been kind enough to be, uh, to work with us for that long a period and host our farmers and also now our congressional staff, we bring them too. We're coming in, we're coming in uh, June. Hope you find some time to visit with our staffers from, from DC. Sure. And I'll do a pitch on May 16th. Oh, um, yeah. You can come to our annual fleet show. So we do a fleet show at the Unisphere in Flushing Meadow Corona Park. Um, we have over 200 vendors pushing every type of cleaner, safer, reliable alternative in the fleet world from cars and police cars to trucks and specialized equipment. So it was a lot of fun, a really great celebration of the fleet industry. So May 16th, uh, 8.30. 30 to 2 p.m. It's all free for everybody, for displayers, for the general public. So uh, anybody listening want to come out to the park, please do that. If, if you like machines, if you like equipment, you got to come to this, this fleet show. It is amazing. I, I'm there every year. And uh, it gets bigger every year, and it's, uh, it's, it's more exciting. And you always have some kind of special hook. Uh, so I'll be... Uh, and we're already working we're on working those on for this hook. year, so we, right. won't, we won't announce anything yet. Okay. Keith, thanks again for taking time to sit down with me today. It's been a, a real pleasure. Well, thank you very much, Tom. Uh, great to be out here in Texas um, talking clean fuels. And I uh, look forward to seeing you probably next in May, but uh, anytime. And thank you for listening. Be sure to rate and review us wherever you listen to podcasts. And join us next week for another episode of the Better Cleaner Now podcast. Thanks for listening. Better Cleaner Now is a production of Clean Fuels Alliance America. Follow us at cleanfuels.org and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. For more information on Clean Fuels Alliance America, visit us at cleanfuels.org.